and gentlemen to Mouse House. Well, my microphone is terrible. <laughs> I checked it, you know, just played a little bit of the first episode, and it was not good. So right now, I'm just doing a test while making another episode by holding my phone and just talking into it. I figured this will be a little bit of an open topic, and I'll read part of the scripts of the short films, at least one of them. You know, we'll see how it goes. Current time is 8.58 p.m. You know, I thought that microphone was going to be good. You know, I really thought I, I had something at least half decent. It was something I could use for at least season one and then upgrade to a more you know professional microphone but that's not the case as you heard so i apologize for that to all my audience listening i will definitely be looking well i have already be looking into getting a new microphone you know for just like your run-of-the-mill kind of okay it's better than what I had and it's like not professional but it's like mediocre it's around $200 because you got to get a couple attachments here and there and so it the price might say like 140 but realistically it was $200 <clears throat> so I don't know. I mean, the problem that I'm having is not that it's too much money. It's too much money for a microphone that I'm probably going to use for a short period of time and then buy an entire, you know, whole like setup like we spoke in the first episode that I wanted to get like four microphones at least, you know, well, two microphones, you know, maybe four. And so I was kind of like leaning towards four microphones. Um, maybe that's being a little too optimistic, but, you know, just in case I was going to interview like three people or just use them as backups, I guess, if they break, you know, if one of them breaks. And I figured two was fine. I can, you know, put two microphones in the cart if you know, later down the road, if I were to interview like three people, you know, I'm looking down the road, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, well, I want to interview at least one person, you know, have one individual, like a one-on-one -on -one interview, if you will. And so that means I, I could just get the two mic set up because I should explain on B&H, the setup that I was looking at, you can either click um, one microphone, two or four. And so I was like, Oh, I don't know. I was like, you know, I'd rather get the four just in case, or, you know, you never know. But the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, I'm probably never going to use them. You know, I'm probably only going to use that one extra microphone. You know, I do want to interview, um, you know, whoever this is going to be, you know, the actress that's going to be in five of the 10 films. 
I said there's 12, and there are, but there's a definite 10 film list that I know I'm going to make. The other two are kind of just like, they're a general idea, and it's something that I'm just toying with. So one of them was um, Plato's Allegory of the Cave, so it's that kind of concept. And then the other one, what was the other one? I can't remember. Oh, it was, okay. It was like, just like a spooky film. And it was a silent film as well. And so I I should explain, there's like this gray area when it comes to silent films. And so when, when you say silent film to somebody now, they think, oh, those old black and white films. And, you know, there was no dialogue. But then they also think, well, there are no, there was no music either. And that's not the case. You know, silent films technically were never silent. There was always music. And then, you know, there would be, I guess you would call them subtitles, you know, um, and it would have words on the screen and stuff of what the, the people were saying on, you know, in the movie, I mean. And then I, I think they graduated to, there was sound, you know, as in like music, but then there was like sound effects. I, I think, I, I'm not, you know, I might be wrong, but I do know for a fact that all silent films are technically not silent. And so today, when you come out with a silent film, people watch it and they're like, that wasn't silent. There's music. Well, yes, but that's how silent films were. That's how they've always been. So these are silent films. It's just there's going to be music and there's probably going to be sound effects as well. There was even a film that won an Oscar and it was a, quote, silent film, but there was dialogue at the end. So they classified that as a silent film, even though there was some dialogue. It was like about this character who didn't speak the native language, you know, was in a foreign country to him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he was able to speak and communicate with the people around him. And so that was like the end of the film was that he was just talking to everybody. And so, yeah, you know, 95% of the film, 98% of the film was music and, you know, a silent film. But then towards the end, you know, even if you have a second or two, like a word or two, whatever you, however you want to measure it, it, it breaks that, it crosses that line. It breaks that mold of silent film. You know, it's no longer a gray area to me. Once you say a word or two, that's it. It's not a silent film anymore, at least in my opinion. You know, all of you listening, you can definitely feel free to email me and give me your take on what you would classify a silent film to me. My email is in the description. I would love it. You know, if you agree, if you disagree, I mean, that's awesome. You know, I would more than love any opinion about this particular subject.
So I was gonna read a little bit, you know, of uh, of the beginning of a few of these short films, and it might sound a little silly. I'm not gonna act it out. I'm just gonna be like kind of just reading it. Well, you know, half acting it out, but. Yeah, let's just go go with it. I'm a little nervous. I, I don't know why. You know, I could talk all day. But when it comes to, like, reading these scripts and stuff, it's like, ooh. You know, because it's, like, stuff I've worked on. I mean, I know I'm going to be working on, like, podcast episodes, like, doing research. But it's just me, you know, reading, like, the information that you need to know. It's not, like, coming out of my head, if you know what I mean. So this is the movie Regina. And this is like the first, you know, I'll I'll read like, I don't know, maybe the first page or two. So I actually have the character's name. The character's name is going to be Riley. And then my character's name is going to be Kuru. So it might sound a little confusing, but anyways, because that's not what's written on here. (laughs) Because this was written like a while ago. You know, the name changes were uh, recent. So it says, um, girl knocks on door. And then she says, I need your help. Kuru says, word on the street is, you already asked everyone else. Girl, well, you know you have a certain style. Kind of like exaggerating, like, well, I mean, come on, you know you have a certain style. Action scenes. So this is going to show his style of what he does. Then he says, so I'm a little rough around the edges. And she looks at him like sarcastically, like a little, (laughs) like, come on. (laughs) Um, And then he says, what's the job? She says, here's the GPS coordinates. Okay, what's in it for me? Remember when you're in a bad place? And so this is going to show scenes of that bad place. And he's like, yeah, you know, like I remember. So in the when I first wrote this out, he was supposed to say, yeah. And then it was going to show the scenes, and I was like, mm, that doesn't make any sense. It should have those scenes. And then he's like, yeah. So it shows that, like, he remembers, like, he's thinking about it, and he remembers it. And then she says, we found Regina. She's safe with us. And Kuru... This has to be a stealth mission. So it can't be like in his style, right? Crazy. You know, crazy style. The girl hands him a retractable staff. And he presses the button. And it like, it comes out. I've actually messed around with one of those. I need to order a couple of them. And then he says, who do you think I am? Jackie Chan? (laughs) And she says, the DSA are everywhere. Even law enforcement. And I didn't ask everyone else. They did. I specifically asked for you. And so then there's action scenes of the movie. You know, like this is the movie Regina. That's the action scenes. And then um, he says, after the action scenes, he says, how hard can it be? And then he takes a sip of his hot cocoa. I think, you know, I I think that's what he's going to do. I'm not 100% sure. And so he's following the GPS coordinates. This is the second page. He goes, uh, it says, um, following GPS coordinates. Girl, okay, you're almost there. Hey, this isn't so bad. And then, beep, beep, beep. 
And so he's going to have an earpiece and she will as well. And I looked for those. They're only like $10 for a pack of two, which is really nice. You know, the ones that kind of look like CIA agents. And she says, oh, no. What? Oh, no. You said I'm almost. And then shooting rings out in the forest. You've been compromised. I accidentally left our line open. It wasn't encrypted. And then he says, just tell me where to go. And exactly 402.34 meters turn right. And he's like, oh, really? 402.34 meters. Excuse me while I get my tape measure. <laughs> so he's being shot at. And he's like behind this tree. And he's like, oh, really? And he's like holding the earpiece, you know, with his finger, like pressing it, you know, so he could hear her. And then he takes off running for a while. And she's like, turn right. And then he opens the box and he see what's in the, sees what's in the box. And he's like, are you kidding me? And then she says, just trust me, run. And so he takes off running, you know. Um, and then he the, the action scene ends, right? And then sarcastically, he's like, oh, this is supposed to be a stealth mission. Oh, just do this. It'll be fun. And she says, um, Kuru, yeah. The line isn't muted. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, 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 stealth, fun, all that. <laughs> so that's a pretty funny scene I like that that was a pretty good one so <clears throat> the other short film is love and so this is a character who represents people who do everything they can for a relationship anything and everything and this goes for everybody guys and girls where they are fully committed to the relationship. They are doing anything and everything they can to keep the relationship alive, to keep it together, and it just doesn't work out. And so there's going to be a voiceover, and the character is just going to be kind of like getting ready for the day. And it says, Why is love so deadly, so painful? We spend our lives chasing it. Where did we get the idea that love is forever? In the end, one will die and the other left alone. Watching love slip away is too painful for all, and some choose to end that last chapter before it even begins. If you close your eyes early, that love will forever be in your mind and in your heart. And so that was the new iteration of, of the beginning. So there, there was like a first one that I wrote out, <clears throat> and then I wrote that out like yesterday. And so this film is going to be very difficult. This is going to be a very difficult film for me because I'm not a I'm not an angry person, you know, I'm not like a mean person. So I really don't know I don't know. I mean, some days I'm like, okay, I got this. You know, this is going to be cool. And other days I'm just like, ooh, I don't know. I was like <laughs> You know, this is this is a tough scene. You know, I have to be make it convincing. You know, I can't have this scene be like terrible. You know what I mean? Um, you know the the other film three one four. I can show you or show you. <laughs> I can read to you the voiceover, and this has a voiceover as well in the beginning. It says, "We all think about death, 
Some of us are terrified of it. Others force it upon themselves. I believe the majority of us embrace death towards the end, longing to finally rest in peace. But a very small percentage are willing to tackle the two life's biggest questions, when and how. And so what he does is that he's trying to figure out if, you know, pie is never ending. So if pie is never ending, then somewhere in pie, it's going to tell you how you're going to die and when you're going to die. And so he spends that time, you know, he spends a lot of time trying to figure that out and trying to crack that code because he wants to know when and how he's going to die. So that's one of the other films. So I figured you guys would, you know, all of you guys and girls would like a little insight to the short films. You know, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I really am. You know, it's kind of funny. I actually didn't read any of... <clears throat> I didn't actually read any of the very first film, Red. And so I'm turning the pages, as you, as you can hear. Um... You know, I could read you, like, the beginning, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to use this. So, Kuru flips coin over and over out of anger. He pauses, flipping the coin, and he says, Would you shut up? Red says, I didn't say anything. He keeps flipping the coin. The coin was, and then Red says, The coin was your idea. He pauses. You know, he pauses, like, stops flipping the coin. And then he says, I don't want to listen to either one of you. And so red is a representation of, you know, that always just, it's always over your head. It's always behind you. That voice is like, hey, you know, why don't you drink? You know, like, what's the big deal? You know, that temptation kind of thing. Um, that little voice in our head that just says like, you know, who cares, <laughs> right? And so I'll read you a little bit of the first page. It says, hey, hey, time to wake up. And he wakes up, starts drinking alcohol. So when he's, when I say drinking, he's drinking alcohol. Then he says, the character, uh, Kuru says, ready to start the day? Sitting in the chair, drinking beer. And that's all he did for the day. Next scene. Walk into the ATM machine, gets money, walks out of the store with beer. The next day, he wakes up, holding Regina, looks around for Red, gets into the kitchen, goes uh, goes into the kitchen and grabs a beer, looks past the camera, checks the time, 3.14 a.m., takes a sip. So he looks at the time and he realizes, like, this is not good. And he doesn't care. He just takes a sip. Red appears in the kitchen. Maybe eat something? Good idea. Next scene, walking to the store. Sits in front of the TV, eating a burger. Next day, wakes up with a beer, starts drinking. Red says, feeling better? Kuru. No, but we will in a minute. That is, there's truth to that where I was sitting down and I was drinking the beer and I was just like, okay, I'm going to feel better 
in a few minutes. Like it's going to kick in and I'll be okay. And so, you know, there's actually quite a bit of truth in this, in this short film. Later that night, he's walking back from the store with, with the beer and he falls, but he's more worried about the beer than his hand. Cause he ends up cutting his hand. The next scene at home, he's drinking and the next scene, he's not feeling good. He opens his eyes. He's not feeling good at ambulance lights. So, <laughs> so it's kind of funny now. I could laugh about it now where he falls. He's walking back home with beer and he falls. There's truth to that, but I didn't fall. And so I was walking back with an 18 pack of beer and it was just pouring down with the rain. And there's like this little tiny shortcut, you know, like maybe like 30 feet long of a shortcut. And it was just mud, right? The trail was just like muddy and I slipped, but thankfully I've been skateboarding and snowboarding and all that, like my entire life. So I just kind of like slid, like both feet were just like, you know, like I was surfing, if you will, or, you know, skateboarding. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like that, that would have been so horrible, you know, because I would have just been muddy. Like, you know, I didn't have like glass bottles, you know, it was just cans, but I was just like, oh, that would have just been so horrible. Like walking home, just all muddy, like I'm still kind of drunk. You know, I got an 18 pack of beer. Like, this is just not going to look good walking home. <laughs> so, you know, my apartment would get messy. I just, I have to jump in the shower. I mean, just everything, right? And so there's a little bit of truth to that. You know, there there's things here and there where there's a thin veil of truth. It's just like I had to make the character get injured. You know, and the reason why... I wanted him to get injured and ignore his hand was because in addiction, you know, whether it's drugs or alcohol or anything, really it, you're more focused on your addiction than your own health. And that's really what that represents when he gets injured and he doesn't care. He's more concerned and more upset that he broke bottles of beer or, you know, he he's, lost his beer or whatever, you know, he has less than before than his own hand that's bleeding. And so the, the problem that I have with this scene is I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm going to have to, well, you know what? They actually do make, okay. Yeah. They do make non-alcoholic beer with, you know, like in glass bottles. And so I could probably do it that way, you know, cause these movies, like, obviously I can't be drinking, you know, I can't be drinking like real alcohol and I don't even think you're allowed to, as far as I know, you get demonetized on YouTube if you're drinking like actual alcohol, but they do. Yeah. Now that I think about it, they actually do make non-alcoholic beer and glass. So I don't know. I mean, I can do it. I'm just going to have to like, really like sit down and think about how I'm going to do this scene. Because if you drop a glass bottle from like you know, waist high, it's not going to break. You know, they're, they're actually pretty strong. And so for me to drop it and then have it break, I'm just gonna have to like, I'll, I'll go online and look for like movie bottles, you know, that break easy. And I'm just gonna have to do that. If I'm lucky, I could find some, 
If not, I don't know. Well, you know what I could do is that I could break a bottle already. And so like have that as a marker and say, okay, you know, I'm going to drop the bottles there. Those might not break, which is fine. They're, they're not supposed to. Right. And then just have a sound effect, you know, right. From the glass breaking. <laughs> that sounded like a camera flash. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then when he gets down and then just like, I've already found gel capsules that are like fake blood. So I could use that easily, you know, with my sleeve or something or whatever. And so he could be like rummaging around and I probably will get cut, but I don't care. And so he'll be rummaging around and stuff and like really upset and like picking up the bottles and everything. And then he's going to look at his hand and he's going to see that there's blood and he's just not going to care. He's going to just continue gathering all the bottles, you know, stick it in his backpack or whatever, and then just go home. And so that just represents like, even when you're in like physical pain or, you know, having some sort of mental crisis, you're not going to care. You're going to care more about your next fix, if you will. And so I, I really like that scene. That's a good scene. It, and it's cool that there's like a little bit of truth to it. It's just, I didn't fall, <laughs> you know, that was a long time ago too. Um, when I was walking back, Ooh, I don't know. How many years ago was that? That was probably about like four years ago. No, that was like three years ago. Something like that. Cause I've been sober for like over two years. Um, 828 days sober as of like today. So yeah, it was like probably about three years ago when that happened and like almost exactly three years cause it was pouring down rain. So it must've been like during the fall, you know, summertime, it doesn't rain like that. I mean, it was like pouring down rain. <clears throat> um, I remember that distinctly. Like I got home and my hoodie was just drenched you know I was just soaking wet I actually had to change so it wouldn't have mattered I guess if I fell in the mud because I changed anyways it's just, I I'd have to wash them you know that'd, that'd be the only thing and take a shower I guess um but yeah I, I thought I thought you would enjoy a little insight on the short films and like kind of how they're written and these aren't set in stone in terms of like verbatim these are like my, let's say, I think third rough draft or second. No, this is like my third rough draft. So I'm actually going to rewrite them again. So when I, um, you know, when I wrote it out first, it was on one notebook and then that's the second notebook. So my third rough draft, you know, I just rewrite everything and then, you know, just to kind of make sure it all makes sense. If I want to add a word, change a word, um, you know, whatever it is, remove something. And so I just go through it as methodically as possible to ensure that like things make sense. And hopefully, hopefully it's entertaining for all of you and the film festivals. You know, I'd like it. Uh, I'd like them to enjoy it as well. So I'm going to check this one. I'm not going to delete this episode. This is just a test that I'm going to keep up on my podcast channel. 
So I hope all of you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. Within five days, I will be posting a new episode. Have a good night.